This episode is brought to you by the 30 Day No Anger Challenge. Dads, are you ready to transform your home life in just one month? Imagine replacing shouting matches with teaching moments you're proud of. A Dad's Path 30 Day No Anger Challenge offers you daily one minute strategies to master your emotions and foster a more loving relationship with your kids. Developed by dads for dads. This challenge is packed with practical tools and bonus guides like the Kids Behavior Decoder and Quick Fixes for High Stress Moments. Both very helpful, trust me. (laughs) You can join thousands of dads who are turning tantrums into teaching moments, say goodbye to yelling, and hello to a calmer, happier family. Sign up now and take the first step towards becoming the patient, loving dad you know you can be. Visit dadspath.com slash no yelling to learn more. And now, on with our show. Hi, and welcome to a Dad's Path podcast. We're real dads solving everyday problems. Each week, we tackle issues that dads everywhere face and deliver actions you can take right away. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. Our goal is to help you make fatherhood count. Dad on. Welcome to another episode of a Dad's Path podcast. I'm Will Bronstein. Today we're here with Reverend Dr. Stuart Pirelliot. He grew up in a community in Oakland, California, escaped the lures of the streets, and became a sergeant in the United States Marine Corps be- before becoming the founder and executive director of Man to Man, Urban Youth Advocate, which is what one of the things we're going to be talking about today. It's a program designed to help strengthen the role of young men of color. So they become powerful, positive, and protective co-parents through recovery, intervention, and educational programs. And that sounds like a lot. It is a lot, but we'll have Stuart go through it for us. And most importantly, learn uh, you know, what, what we dads can be and what we can learn from Stuart and from all of his experiences, because he, believe me, he has a ton. So I'm very excited for this conversation, and welcome, Stuart. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Will. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, again... The man-to-man urban youth advocate, I understand. Well, first, when did you found it? Let's start there, maybe. Start at the beginning. So man-to-man started back in 2007. Wasn't a nonprofit at the time. Was just asked to work with uh, a college called Ohlone College in Fremont to work with the basketball team. Had a lot of men that, you know, wasn't graduating from college and really was missing a male role model or a father figure. And so that's when we started it. It became a uh, nonprofit in 2016. Okay, awesome. And maybe we'll just sort of kind of ask questions. So, you know, when you see someone who's not a, when you, when you see a, a teenager or a child who's growing up who doesn't have a, a male role model, who doesn't have a father figure, I mean, you see all these studies, there's a lot of, you know, negative things associated, but what do you see sort of more anecdotally? Like if you had to describe what you're seeing in that child or teenager, typically, what, what, what are you seeing? Well, it, it depends if it's a boy or a girl, because it, it, it changes, you know, and, and the young men, uh, I see, you know, missing that identity, missing that foundational piece, making some risky behaviors and, and taking chances and, you know, just not having any structure, and which creates a place where they make some really bad decisions. You know, young girls, I see they bounce back easier. Not always, but the majority of the time. 
but they still have issues too, because, you know, that first man should be their father figure. And so they're always looking for someone to fill that void. And, and that's how we, you know, run across young women that, you know, get recruited into human trafficking because, you know, a man tells them something that, you know, they want to hear, I love you. And that's something that they've always wanted to hear from their father, but they hear it from another man. And, you know, so it, it, these are things that we see, even with educations and, you know, high school dropouts and incarceration and substance abuse, drug abuse. I just say we run into this a lot in most urban communities, but it's, it's the most destructive trend of our society. Wow. Yeah. And no, I, I don't disagree with you in terms of how negative it is and how destructive it is. And the work that you're doing is that's what I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because the work you're doing is so valuable. And there's so much, you know, we all can learn, you know, from this. So you founded it in 2007, you said, and then what, what was in your head? Why were you? Why did you decide to, to, to found it? Did you have any kids at the time? Were you seeing this in the community? Like what? Paint the picture for me, if you don't mind. Well, really, the, the, I, I, if you look at the name of the nonprofit, it's Man to Man Urban Youth Advocate. So it was designed to be an advocate for the youth because really at the time I thought that the youth was the problem. And so we wanted to really start working with the youth, trying to figure out how we could resolve this problem. But later we find that it was not the youth. The youth was only a byproduct of the issue. The very root cause of the matter was fatherlessness. And that took me some time to really, you know, work on my thesis and my dissertation. And, you know, the thesis was talking about disadvantaged young men in urban communities. So I'm thinking, okay, now I'm going to come up with a solution to this problem. And then when I started digging deep into my doctoral program, this is when I realized, hey, it's deeper than the youth. You know, the youth is just a byproduct, but fatherlessness is the root cause and, and, and not just in the U.S., but in every country. Wow. Yeah, no, that's... So I, I really like what you do and what you're doing here, Stuart. So um, again, thank you. Um, thank you. So, in, but, so when you're just trying to understand it, you're trying to intervene. I don't know if that's the right word, or, but you know, right when... The, I mean, as soon as you can, are you, are you trying to reach out to dads? Are you finding these dads who are not active? and trying to get them active? Is that kind of a key role or? Yeah, we, we, we're trying to change the narrative about deadbeat dads and fathers and that fathers don't want to be in their children's lives because every father, that's not the case. It, it depends on the situation and circumstances. Some men want to be better fathers, but they just don't have the tools. There's other fathers that, you know, want to be engaged in their children's life, but the traditional court system will not allow them. It's not a very father-friendly system when it comes to dealing with judges and dealing with child support services and dealing with social services and all of these things. And so we, I, I feel like, you know, maybe I can help these men with a model and, and give them some tools to show them that there's three things you just need to do in terms of being a you know, a, a really good father. And not necessarily means that you have to have a lot of money. You just need to be active, present, and consistent. Awesome. Uh, 
it's that easy. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, you, you know, that is, it, it sounds easy, but, it, you know, being active, being present, consistent is not always easy because you, you have to work. You have to, you know, you have the vicissitudes of life. You have challenges and you're married and, and, and you deal with other things. So, you know, you have to make time for that child and you you have to put them as a priority and sometimes we don't know how to do that and you know a lot of men lack empathy and they lack they lack vulnerability in how to express their emotions and how they feel and kids need that so <laughs> it is it's, it is more than that but I, if you can do those three things then you can kind of navigate through the rest of the things and of course no father is is a, is a perfect father we're going to you know, hit and miss. Yeah. We're not going to get it right. We gonna, Sometimes we're just going to mess up completely. And that's okay. Cause that's part of parenting. No, that's, that's right. I mean, and, and I, obviously I'm joking. I mean, it's, it is that simple, but it's also that complicated, right? I mean, it's yes. not. <laughs> so active, present, and consistent are sort of the three legs you'd, you know, main legs you'd stand on. And so just, could you describe, I mean, in, like what's, what's the difference between active and present? for example, and what, how would you? Well, that's a good question. What is the difference between active and present? So you can have a father who's present, but emotionally absent. So what I'm saying is he can be home, but it's just like he's not at home. He's not in your life. He doesn't participate in your activities. He doesn't go to school with you. He doesn't do things with you on the weekends. Uh, he doesn't work with you with your homework. He doesn't counsel you. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't pour love into you. He doesn't, you know, listen to you. He doesn't take you fishing or, you know, things that would consist of you being active rather than just riding with the title, I'm a dad. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, you can, it, because you need it, you need to have that presence, right? Like you can't phone it in, you know, we're like, we're zooming right now, we're phoning it in. It works for us because of what we're doing. We're having a conversation. But to be an active dad, to be a role model, to be the, to be there, you have to be there, right? That's, you know, just as simple as that. You have to be present. That makes a lot of sense. And then active, yeah, you gave a great example. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, you know, deadbeat dads, of course. But I think, what you find and what, you know, I find with my listeners certainly are it's more dads who don't always know exactly what to do, you know, want to be better dads, want to be more present, more active, but don't know how to define that. And that's the value. Yeah. You know, that I think um, we both try and try and bring. So when you have a dad who then says, Hey, I want to be active. Okay. I can be present as much as I can, you know, to your point, there's court systems, there's external factors, but Hey, I'm going to be active as uh, present as much as I can, as consistent as I can. How do you break out the active part? You know, when you say, okay, this is where you start, or this is kind of how I'd look at it. How would you counsel someone? Well, I tell men all the time, you know, it's not how much money you have or how much money you spend on material things. Kids don't really care about that. They just want you. And so the, the easy thing for a dad to give them that type of advice that you're asking is to, you know, just tell them, you know, take them to the park, <laughs> yeah. you know, take them uh, to the beach. You know, all that requires is gas money. If you can't get the gas money, then you can ride the bus, you know, 
but you want to be able to do something. And we do a thing once a year called the Human uh, Day. It's human is for healing urban men across the nation. But it's on the week before Father's Day. And so this is a free event in Oakland where we have face painting. We have kids making cars for their fathers for Father's Day. We have jumpers where, you know, three different jumpers for the big kids, one for the middle size kids and one for the small kids. We have live entertainment. You know, we have comedy. We have uh, different groups singing. We have uh, community leaders there. We have the public health department there. So they're coming and they're giving these men, you know, because men, they don't go to the doctor. So we're bringing the doctor to them. And so they're, you know, getting tested for HIV. They're getting tested for COVID. They're getting tested for diabetes and cancer and all of these other things. But it's a fun day for free. And we have the uh, relationship with the chief fire department. He brings a big old fire truck with a bunch of, you know, fire, you know, firefighters. And they allow these kids to jump up on the, on the fire truck and, you know, give them a little tour. And, you know, it's just something that these kids are really enjoying, but this is designed for their fathers and the children. It's just their day. And it's an all day event. That is awesome. That's really, that's really cool. When did, when did you start doing that? We started that a couple of years ago. This was the, we just had our second one. It's always in June, like I said, the day before, well, not the day, but the week before Father's Day. And, you know, we've been getting, it's been growing and growing. And now we're trying to take it to some other cities as well. Oh, very cool. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll have to connect offline on that. that. That's a really neat idea and a, and a great implementation, it sounds like. So, Absolutely. yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I know you, your organization focuses on men of color though the information that we're talking about is for everyone, obviously. But what would you say in terms of... Well, you probably wonder why we focus just specifically on men of color and why is that our greatest audience? And and the reason why we see and deal with men of color because we understand that man-to-man commitments in our program is 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 for men of color because we see what men of color has experienced. For instance, 14.5% of our world population is African-Americans, but 50% are incarcerated. So, you know, when we look at, you know, the educational system, a lot of black kids go to not so good schools in urban communities. So they get not so great of an education. And so what we've done at Man to Man is we wanted to focus on, you know, we hear that, you know, all black men are lazy or they're, you know, terrible fathers and, you know, they're deadbeat dads, which is not true. And if you see the statistics, non-resident fathers, black men lead all races in terms of being engaged in their children's life, but you don't hear about that. And so we want to help me being an African-American, growing up with a father that was in the home, but wasn't really actually active and present in my life, and how that, you know, shaped me and, and had me make some bad decisions. 
that's why we really focus on that. And, and as you know, because we, we, I know you read, you know, our website, you know, man to man's commitment, commitment is for men of color, but it's also a multifaceted program and it reaches all races because a lot of men deal with the same things. The only problem is most other races have two parent families, uh, not, you know, as it pertains to African-Americans. And so our, our team is reflect by diverse communities we serve, you know, ensuring that we deeply understand the cultural nuances, you know, the, the challenges that the face by men of color. And so we go beyond just the surface level support by customizing our curriculums to address these unique needs of low-income men and families of color. And we're actively engaged with this community and creating, you know, what we call a feedback loop that allows us to tailor our programs to align with the real world challenges. And these are some real world challenges. And, and I believe that, you know, I'm called here to make a difference in that community. That's fantastic. No, it makes a lot of sense. And you are making a difference in that and other communities just, you know, through work like this and through, through your organization. So, I mean, I guess I would be curious when you're meeting with a young man who did not have that father figure growing up. So you, the goal is to break that chain, right? So he doesn't, you know, he wants to be a different father than his father was. What are the, do you find that to be a big sort of mental block? They say, oh, I have, I am my dad. Do you find that to be easy to overcome? Like, is that, is that a challenge or are you generally, can you talk about, I'd be curious to hear more about that. Yeah. Yeah, it is a challenge to see, you know, a young man, especially a person of color, and you, you're trying to tell them about fatherhood, or, you know, the importance of having a father in their life and they not having that, you know, they think they don't need that. You know, like I've, I've made it this far. I don't need that. You know, why would I need a father? And, you know, I, I'm doing fine without him. It's when we begin to have these real deep conversations where they're very transparent and we begin to start talking about what happens when you don't have a father and, you know, how that shapes you into your manhood and becoming an adult and your masculinity and making good decisions. And, and then they begin to start seeing, wow, I'm missing something, you know. And I've had, especially in San Quentin, when I've had these conversations, because, you know, I got a captive audience, <laughs> you know, then they're, they're going to be there for a while. And but they're there and they're so hungry to get this understanding and this knowledge in terms of I want to be a father. I want to be engaged. And I never had that. And I don't know what to do. And, and they're just crying and weeping through the whole class because, you know, it's different times, but I just see different individuals because they realize that the, the layers begin to come off. And when the layers begin to come off, the, the shields begin to lower down, you know, the, the defensive mechanism starts to be released and then they begin to get set free and they start realizing, you know what, I do need a father. Because one thing that I've learned, I don't care how old you are, I know 75, 80 year old men that didn't have fathers and they're still crying the fact that they didn't understand what did I do that my father didn't want to be in my life. Uh, you know, I wished I had a father 
are, you know, you, you're playing basketball and, you know, and you look in the stands and you don't have your father there and you see other kids with their fathers there, you know, it's, it's just something, you know, when you go to graduation, I've had, you know, people tell me I was the first person to ever graduate, you know, in my family to go, you know, to graduate from high school. And I looked in the stands and nobody was there to support me. My dad wasn't there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's powerful and in a, in a sort of painful way to hear, but also, you know, you flip that coin over and it's inspiring because the dads who are listening now and the dads that you're helping are the ones that are going to be in the stands for the graduation are going to be the ones who are going to be rooting your kid, you know, rooting our kids on. So that's inspiring. But um, the challenge that you face that you're facing in, in communicating and teaching that I don't envy, but I, again, really appreciate the work you're doing. It's really helping society in a very major way, in my opinion. Well, that's our slogan. You know, uh, we say that we're strengthening families, one father at a time. And so that's what we do. And it's, it's not always the easiest thing. Uh, but, you know, in terms of a young man, uh, his identity is shaped from his dad. And if he doesn't get that from his father, then he's going to get it from somewhere else. And most of the time that somewhere else is on the streets. And you have people that's, you know, in the neighborhood, hustling, selling drugs, doing all kind of illegal activity. And they're going to, they're going to tell this young man and define to him what it means to be a man, what it means, you know, and, and, and it's so distorted because their definition is not even close or even remotely close to what it means to be a man because they didn't have a father. Yeah, that's, yeah. No, you put that so well. You know, they're going to have a role model. So it's, if it's not going to be you, you know, they're going to find someone else. So it, it's going to be you, <laughs> you know, you know, make sure it's you. And you take on that role, you know, you take on that role, you know, say, well, hey man, you're a pimp. It's, yeah, that's who I am. I'm a pimp. Because yeah. he doesn't know who he is, you know. Yeah. You, you're a drug dealer. Yeah, I'm a drug dealer. I'm a hustler. You know, yeah. you you you're a killer. Yeah, I'm a killer. I'm, and so he goes out and he begins that what he said becomes to manifest in his behavior, and that's why you 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 find so many young men that's incarcerated because they, you know, it went for something that wasn't true. Wow. Yeah. No, that's really powerful. That's and then sort of flip flip that coin over what this is a, a maybe an easy i don't know what 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 does the opposite look like so you so i agree we need to be role models so what does a role model look like as a dad i mean we sort of intuitively know but how, how would you describe that how do you coach that well you know will the 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 role as a father has changed the role as a man has changed you know masculinity has changed i mean so Sometimes, you know, when I think about this question that you're asking me, it it really makes me ponder the fact that there has been times throughout decades that the role of a man has shifted and never prepared us for the shift. For example, if 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 you see when I was growing up, uh, a, a man was uh, 
the person who was the breadwinner. He was the one who got up early and went to work and paid the bills and, you know, did all of the things. And that was what we considered a really good man. That was what we considered, a, you know, a really good father. My father didn't tell me he loved me, but he would always say, but you got a roof over your head. So that was his <laughs> way of saying, I love you. Yeah. But today it takes more than that. Now there's, you know, women is making more money than men. You know, the man says, you know, I want to buy you a house. And she's like, I already have one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, well, you know, I want to buy you a car. Well, I have two, you know. And so when, when we think about that, then the man feels lost in terms of who am I? You know, my identity because of what I've seen growing up. So so now the 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 modern father, if you would, is that father that that embraces his child and 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 can show compassion and love and empathy and and to be able to have conversations with them and and to be able to not judge them or, or you know be you know stereotyping them or anything like that, but to be able to just really actually have some really good listening skills as well as some great communication skills and and to be able to to, to give them room to make mistakes, you know, because we forget we were kids one time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we forget the mistakes that we've made. And and my son makes mistakes. My son is 20 years old. He makes mistakes. But his mistakes are nowhere near the mistakes that I've made. And 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 the the, the concern that I have and in, in, you know when you talk about you know black kids or African American kids, their mistakes it only takes one and it will cost them the rest of their life. I mean, at a young age. And so, you know, when I look at him and, and I see the young man that he's becoming, he's still maturing. And even at 20, he's not there, but I see growth in him. I see he's trying. I see he's, but I'm still on him as a father. And but now not so much as a father that taught him when he was a little kid, but now as a life coach to coach him through life and to give him some, some wisdom and some understanding, some knowledge and make him think about the decisions that he makes and let him know that there are consequences for your mistakes. And if, if you make the bad mistake or just, I mean, you know, kids make bad mistakes all the time. You know, they can be in prison. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's the scary thing. I mean, you need your kid to make the right mistakes, the small mistakes, and you need to teach them, yeah, I mean, the consequences of the big ones. And unfortunately, to your point, as you know, we like we know in science now that a brain isn't fully developed until they're like 20 something, the early that's 20s. Right. Yes. But to your point, you can do something when you're very, very young that can affect the rest of your life. But even, you know, getting out of that mode, just getting out of being, you know, a good role model and a good dad, you know, every so often, you know, we might lose our voice, or I'm sorry, raise our voice, we might lose our temper, we might be disappointed in how our kids are acting, because they should quote know better. It's like, wait a second, I'm, you know, I'm 43. And I don't know better. I'm doing things I'm not always proud of, right? And I'm expecting my seven year old act perfectly all the time. Like, yeah. So that's a lesson that I think I, you know, I, I've, I've learned and I keep trying to learn. And I know other dads, you know, which is just kind of give grace, you know, like they're trying and it goes back to everything you say in terms of be active, be present and be consistent with your kids. And that's kind of the name of the game. 
That is. I mean, you know, when, when we look at, when you ask about, you know, the working with these young kids of African-American, um, I think our race is the only race that skips from a kid to an adult. We, we don't even do the adolescent. You know, we, we, we grow up too fast. And sometimes it's because of we place positions that shouldn't be placed on that for us as kids. You know, for example, you know, your dad is, and mom separates and, and you're the oldest kid and you might be seven and you're considered the man of the house. So now you didn't ask for that. You know, you inherited that. And now you're doing manly things. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And it robs you of your childhood because you didn't go through those stages that most kids go through. And so, yes, you're 50 years old with a 16 mentality because that's where you checked out. You know, you didn't, you're doing childish things, but you're really actually trying to live the life that you should have lived at that age. Wow. Yeah, that's so powerful. I, I hadn't put that together. And so, so when you meet someone like that, so a 60-year-old, a you know, someone who's lived their, you know, a lot of their life and or whatever the age is, but they're, they're past their childhood, but they still have this sort of trauma or how do you counsel them to start getting through it? What, you know? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's funny that you ask that question because I've had many conversations with older gentlemen, elderly men. And when we begin to have these conversations, they're very reserved at first, but then they begin to open up. And there's like, I mean, they're, they're weeping or they're crying and, and, and they're, you know, saying, you know, man, I wish I had a father, man. I, I think life would have been different. And, you know, and so my thing to tell them is, but you live to be the age that you did. And there's something that you can give back to a young man maybe some experiences that you learn. You see, I always say, you can see whether a person has a father or not a father. I mean, you can, you can hear people say, you know, well, I had a father and this is what created me to be who I am. But then you have the other person that says, I didn't have a father and this created me to be who I am. And the only problem mm -hmm. is it's from one extreme to the other. It's from the negative to the positive. And so when, when you know that you didn't have a father and you are 65 or 70 years old, uh, don't tell me you have nothing to give these young people. Because I, I hear them say, well, you know, what can I give to? They don't want to hear me. Yeah, they do want to hear you. They want to know what caused you to live this long, or how were you able to navigate through life without a father? And why do you think fatherhood is important? Because no one could tell that story better than a person who didn't have a father. Yeah. But then I shouldn't say that because then you have a person that did have a father and he can tell his story in a different way. That's right. No, but that, I mean, that, that, you just summed up the 100% the lesson that I think is key and that I wanted to give on this podcast, which is just, if you've had a father, if you had a great father, then you'll emulate them. And maybe there are things that you would do differently and you will do things differently. And if you didn't have a great father, it's not magic. It's like you're saying, be present, be active, be consistent, and be everything that you didn't have. 
right? You know, and there's no magic bullet. It's not like those of us who had or who have amazing fathers now know how, what to do and know everything. I mean, it's it's really as simple and complicated as you make it. But just starting with that base and showing love, I mean, compassion, empathy, everything you're saying. Um, One thing I do want to say that that I'm I'm thinking about while you were saying that is very important for for an elderly person that probably didn't have a chance to be a good father. A lot of times, have a second chance with his grandchildren, and he can do for that child that he didn't do for his children. You know, it's it's the thing about when we look at this thing in terms of fatherhood and we look about how, you know, fathers want to be engaged, they want to be active, they want to be present, but they just don't know how. So they run from their responsibilities, you know, because they don't know how. But then you also hear, and this is for the viewers because there's probably someone on, on listening and saying, but I didn't have a father and I'm afraid that even if I, if I become a father, I might not be, you know, engaged in my children's life. Or I might be like my father. And a lot of times, you know, they do because they follow that path. But what I have found, even in my own life, is the father that I didn't have does not define the father that I am. Because I can do completely opposite of what my father did and can be a really great father. Because I've learned from him what not to do. That's beautiful. That's uh, really tremendous, Stuart. I really appreciate everything, but I think that's a, that is a great note to end on in terms of the value that we can all bring as dads to our kids, to our communities, and you in particular by serving a whole community and teaching a whole community are making this such a huge impact. And then further on this podcast, because my dads, you know, who listen are going to, my listeners are going to listen and and learn from you as well. So. Thank you, Stuart. I should have said this earlier, but you can find find Stuart's website, man to man, it's the number two, man to man dash uya.org. You can email him at man to man at man to man dash uya.org. And I'm going to uh, put that in our show notes as well. So you can just click the link, it might be easier. And then you have a podcast as well. Can we have a conversation? Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. On YouTube, it's having a lot of conversations about. Fatherhood has a lot of conversations talking about men in general and the, the things that we struggle with and how do we get to the place that we are struggling with those things. And, and the mental health is a major piece that a lot of men don't talk about these days, but we have conversations. These conversations is just what that show is about. Can we have a conversation? It's a candid conversation, a platform where men can, you know, let their hair down and be themselves without being judged. That's uh, fantastic. Well, I will check it out and I urge my listeners too, to, to as well. Can we have a conversation? Uh, Reverend Dr. Stewart Pierre-Elliot, this has been really tremendous. I really thank you again. I think the listeners are going to get a lot out of this. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Will, for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. If you liked our podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you haven't joined us yet, go to adadspath.com to get our free newsletter exclusively for dads. And do you know a friend who might like this podcast? Send it on. We want to help as many dads as possible make fatherhood count. Dad on. Dad on.